the common misconception is exercise that is fun and joyful and exercise that you look forward to can't possibly be good for you because humans have been programmed to think that if you're not like pushing yourself, if you are not slaving away, then you are not working hard enough. You're not working hard enough Mm. in your job. If your relationship isn't hard, then it's not going to last. If you're not pushing yourself hard on the bike, then you're not going to get the results. Like it's just not the case. It's just not the case. Deep balancer. I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together let's find your unique balance. All right, Balancers, today I'm joined by Marlo, the joyful founder of G-Pump, and she's on a mission to change the way that we all feel about exercise. So I'm really excited to be sitting down and having this chat. Marlo, a very warm welcome to the Balance Series. Such a pleasure to have you on this morning. Everyone, thank you so much for having me, Erica. <laughs> Joyful vibes. I'm already, I'm already getting, I'm already ready, getting all the vibes now. Just so people don't get uh, confused or so we don't uh, keep them waiting or guessing. Why don't you tell mm. them a little bit about G Pump, who you are, and what you do? Yes. Okay. So, hi, my name is Marlo. A lot of people like to mispronounce it and call me Mario, especially at coffee shops, which is kind of funny because you're in Italy right now. Um, I am the founder of G Pump, which is movement on demand that you can access 24-7 from anywhere in the world. And it is designed to change the way that you feel about exercise. So forget about doing burpees, forget about pushing a tire. It's all about color. It's all about great music that you want to shake your hips to, high cut, colorful lycra leotards um, on the beaches of Australia, just for another little something to get you over the line. So it is designed to change the way that you feel about exercise to get you moving in your living room and hopefully help you fall back in love with exercise and moving your body. So that is my mission and that's pretty much what I do 24-7. Love it. I'm really, really curious to know how you got to this point, to G-Pump and the mission where it is today. Can you talk to me a little bit about, was this always your take on exercise? Did you always have this kind of vibrant connection with it or did it stem Mm. from perhaps um, a a different relationship that then pivoted you or was it that you noticed other people around you in the way they kind of had a relationship Mm. with exercise? Can you talk to me a little bit about how you got to G-Pump where it is today? Great question because I feel like um, sometimes a lot of the stories is like you crash and burn and then you come out the other side and you, 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 you realise that exercise can be this wonderful thing. But um, I feel fortunate in that I grew up as a classical ballerina so I always loved moving my body to music and I loved performing and I always understood the power that movement and moving my body had over my self-esteem and my self-confidence and my mental well-being as well as my physical well-being. So I always knew that the power of joyful movement and moving my body in a way that made me happy I just, I was always aware of how much power that gave me, but I was very conscious that a lot of people, as I got older, I suppose, you know, you leave uni- uh, university, you graduate high school, and all of a sudden people um, become a little bit more conscious of how physically active they are. There's a little bit more societal pressure on looking a certain way, fitting into a certain size dress. And, you know, all of my girlfriends were signing up to gyms and I was going with them and standing on treadmills. And I was like, this is shitfully boring. Like, how is this incentivizing anyone to finish their nine to five job, drive to a gym and then stand on a treadmill for 45 minutes? Like, it just wasn't my vibe. The slug, not fun. (laughs) Yeah, not fun. Um, So I did fall in love with spin class. That was something that I discovered because it was, I consider spin, joyful movement on a bike. 
I know that a lot of people are like, ah, don't get me near a spin room. It's like death on a bike. But once I sort of, you know, built up my um, cardio fitness and I found a rhythm with my spinning, I ended up becoming a spin instructor. And I discovered the power of what it was to be at the front of a room and sort of coach someone through all the emotions that you're going through in a 45-minute class when you really think that you can't keep going, but actually you can and it's just your mind that's stopping you. So I've created this really amazing playlist that's going to encourage you to keep pushing your body and see what you're made of. And I just felt at the end of every one of those classes, not only would I feel amazing, but I could see the change in the emotional well-being of the students that had come to the class. You know, sometimes they kind of drag themselves in there and then they get off the bike at the end of the class and they leave feeling amazing about themselves. And then, you know, you get feedback online and someone says, hey, I just needed to let you know that that class changed my whole day. Like how powerful is that? You know, people talk about joining, you know, um, the government and becoming a politician or feeling like you need to have immense power to enact change. And I'm really a believer that it doesn't matter how many people you're touching with change if you're changing one person's day. Well, then for me, I've made a positive impact on that one person. Like that's enough value for me. But of course, we want to make people, as many people as possible, happy and joyful and seizing the day. So that was kind of my journey with fitness. Um, And when the pandemic hit, as so many of these stories go, G-Pump was something that I had dabbled in previously when I'd first moved up to Sydney with my fiancé from Melbourne. I was working a corporate job. I hated every minute that I was there. The commute was horrible. I didn't know anyone in Sydney. Our apartment was so, so small. I just needed an escape. And for anyone that's lived in Sydney, like both of us have, um, I think we'd all agree that the cost of living in Sydney is pretty pricey and we were saving for a wedding at the time and I was like, I just don't have $35 to go to one 45-minute you know, aerobics class or whatever it was in Sydney. So I just thought, you know what, I am going to start my own fitness gym, I suppose. And you go, girl. <laughs> thank you. The irony is, you know, I didn't want to spend $35 on a class in Sydney yet. I spent so much more money than that buying high cut leotards, like cool retro Adidas sneakers, and then giving myself, you know, anxiety breakdowns because at 4am, I would get up at sunrise and film G pump workouts uh, down at like Coogee Beach, for example. And I was so nervous of what people would think of me. And when I think back on those days, I just think, oh, my God, what were you doing? Like, even when I look back on the footage, I'm just like face palming the whole time. I'm like, stop talking. Oh, it's horrible. Um, like the audio is terrible. The wind's like blowing in my face. But you know what? Bless me. I got out there and I gave it a go. Um, so. I ended up, you know, I kind of did it for maybe six months and I was building a bit of an audience on YouTube and I was just about to get married and I thought, you know what, I just don't have any sort of headspace for this right now. I think this could be a business. I think it could be a thing, but I just don't have the capacity for it. So I'm going to put it on hold. I remember at the time I said to myself, this is not forever. This is just, I'll see you in a little bit. And then fast forward a few years, I launched a fashion label, moved back to Melbourne, the pandemic hit, and all of a sudden gyms were closed. People weren't moving. They were stuck on the couch. Everyone's emotional and physical well-being effectively went out the window. I was in Melbourne where the first day I moved back, we kicked off the 120-day lockdown where you could leave your house for one hour a day. Like that was the pits. It was horrible. And I thought, you know what, this is a really shitty situation to be in. What if I could put 30 minutes of goodness into people's days? Even if the rest of the day is a complete write-off, at least 
30 minutes on this gray, miserable day in Melbourne, you have been able to do something for yourself. You've got up from the couch, you've hit play on a really fun playlist. I've been there in your living room cheering you on. You know, you've got the endorphins flowing, you've got the blood pumping. No one is going to do that and feel worse off. You know, I'm a strong believer whenever you get up for a workout, even if you don't want to do it, I would say 99.99% of the time, you are so grateful and happy that you did that workout. You never regret it. Yeah, you never you never regret it. Um, so I turned the double garage um, into a G-Pump studio and <laughs> I just went <laughs> hell for leather. Like I was recording three G-Pump workouts a day for like six weeks. I just banked up as many workouts as I could um, and then I sent the G-Pump studio live and we've now got 132 workouts on demand um, and they all have their own sort of curated Spotify playlists that you can hit play on. So like I set my Spotify playlist up on my stereo at home. So I like really pump up the bass on that. So it's like a surround sound disco experience. Full immersive Um, experience. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you don't need equipment. You can fill, um, you know, a school bag with books. You can get cans of beans. Like I just wanted to make joyful movement as accessible to people as possible. And that's what I did. And we've collected, collected, well, we have welcomed over 500 Pump Squad members from around the world. Um, We've got a really tight-knit community. I travelled around Australia last year with my husband in our Land Rover Defender and um, I was filming workouts um, on, like, the most iconic beaches of Australia. So that was really fun. So it's like you can travel Australia and not have to leave your house which is great because petrol prices are through the roof. <laughs> yeah, it seems you have um, continuing benefit now even post-pandemic. No, but I love that. I love the story. I love what you're doing with G-Pump. I must say every time it pops up on my feed, even though I'm not physically doing the workout, it brings a smile to my face. It's something so different and the joyful vibes are definitely, definitely there. Um, oh, and kind so of on this awesome. discussion, I think – I think it's really interesting if we're talking about, say, like your balance with working out, a lot of people view exercise as a chore or an obligation or something they have to do. And it already carries that really negative uh, association. And I think that, I mean, I, I've, I'm also a qualified trainer. I used to teach as well. And mm. I know the feeling of not only. What did only- you teach? Um, I used, I started off F45. That's kind of where I did my hours. But then yeah. Simone and I, who I run ES Fit with, um, we actually were doing local community boot camps for women. Cool, um, and it was only our family and friends to start with, you know, as it always is, your main yeah. supporters. Yeah. Um, and then it grew and grew. And then we started doing like bigger boot camps. We did, we started partnering with brands like Nimble and did boot camps with them. And that's actually where the, um, the e-commerce side kind of stemmed from, similar to your story with um, lockdown. We had to stop mm-hmm. our boot camps and it was just something we were doing on Saturday mornings because we both work full time, um, but we had to stop them completely. And so on a very similar tangent to keep everyone kind of moving or have something to do throughout the day just for themselves mm-hmm. in and amongst all the misery that was kind of in your face at the time, we started doing a lot of online workouts at the time. It was IGTV lives um, and we kind of grew a community that way. And then we decided to do the e-commerce stuff as well. So um, I definitely know the feeling of how fulfilling it is to see somebody like during their workout and after their workout and knowing how much of an impact it's made in their day. And then I also know the feeling of kind of slugging yourself to work out for the sake of it, to just kind of Mm. tick a box to say Mm -hmm. you're doing something for your physical health. And I'm kind of getting the sense that joyful movement for you is something that I guess just makes you feel happy at the end of the day. So for people listening who maybe have a little bit of a negative or meh relationship, let's say, with their exercise, because I know the feeling, I know the feeling of following a program because you feel like you just want the result and you're just going to kind of slug yourself to achieve it. Or maybe you're just doing something because it's kind of the work work exercise, the workout of the era, let's say, Mm. but you don't really have that joyful moment when you're done. You're not really waking up, looking forward to moving your body. And that's not to say you wake up feeling motivated every day, but you know, 
Mm, I still look mm. forward to going in the gym even when I can't be bothered. So I guess my question to you, and, and this is, I guess, to help steer people to find that balance or that groundedness or connection with their fitness, what tips do you have for how they can start to reconnect with what it is that they're doing or maybe even go off on a limb and try something new? Mm. Good question. So the first thing I would say is if you are exercising purely for results, you will have a really hard time enjoying yourself or you will have a really hard time continuing to move your body when results take a really long time um, because they do and we can't spot target specific specific areas in our body. Um, and also I'm such a stickler for the conversation around um, what you put in your body in terms of how you fuel your body is made, like it has such a big impact on how you look and feel. The exercise cannot be the one thing that carries the result. So I would say try and look beyond the result. So because results take so long, I feel like what a lot of us experience and I've experienced it too, when you kind of buy into a class or whatever it is, you start going because you expect to lose fat and you want to gain muscle tone. But actually it's taking way longer than you thought it was going to. And now because you're purely focused on the result and you keep turning up to a class that you absolutely hate, but the only reason you're there is for the result, and it's taking so goddamn long, well, that's no incentive to keep rolling out of bed and going to the class that you hate waiting for the result. Like it's just, it's so funny because it's such a human thing. Like we are sometimes just, ah, so silly because that is the worst cycle that you can get caught in because what's going to happen is for a lot of people, they don't see the result, they stop going, and then they wind up with this really, um, horrible relationship with exercise because I didn't like it. It didn't give me results and I burnt out and I lost all interest in it. So what I encourage people to do is try and flip it to finding something that you love because the common misconception is exercise that is fun and joyful and exercise that you look forward to can't possibly be good for you because humans have been programmed to think that if you're not like pushing yourself, if you are not slaving away, then you are not working hard enough. You're not working hard enough Mm. in your job. If your relationship isn't hard, then it's not going to last. If you're not pushing yourself hard on the bike, then you're not going to get the results. Like it's just not the case. It's just not the case. Um, So, and then I suppose the question that follows is, well, how do I find something that I'd like? And unfortunately, no one can answer that question but you. So I like dance cardio aerobics. I like weighted tracks. I like sometimes jumping on a spin bike. I like going for a 10K walk. Like all of these forms of movement are movement that can deliver results. Now, if you want to be a bodybuilder, probably G-Pump isn't going to get you there, but it will get you some of the way. I would just recommend you really load up on those weighted tracks, yeah? Um, But the thing with finding something that you like doing is that you will be more excited to do it. You will get up more often to do it. You will be more consistent and consistency is key when it comes to results. So if you are not consistent and you go to two classes a week that you hate, you're not going to see results. If you go to five classes a week that you love, you might not be pushing yourself as hard, air quotation marks for all of those podcaster listeners. Um, You might think that the results are going to take longer, but actually you might find that the results come in exactly the same time. You've just gone about it a completely different way. You've actually leaned into self-care, self-love, looking after yourself, listening to what you want, not listening to what Sergeant Simon is like screaming at you at 6am when you're on your hands and knees doing bear crawls through like 
you know, um, bindi lined grass in in Bondi. <laughs> like I've done the boot camps. I hated them. I tried them. I did the tire pushing. I just it wasn't for me. And then there are shows like um, what's it called, The Biggest Loser, that have led us to believe that again unless you are pushing yourself to the extreme unless you are cutting out all of the foods that you love um, that you're not going to get the results and again it's simply not true it's a really interesting question erica because the other day someone said something like oh a g-pump workout's kind of like a novelty workout like it's something that you can add to your workout at the end of a week, um, you know, sort of add it to your workout routine. And, I mean, I liked the idea. Sure, yeah, add a novelty G-pump workout to your routine every week. However, I also don't like the implication that something that is fun and effective is a novelty. So, again, like this association with joy and having a good time means that it must be childish, immature, ineffective, not well-researched, not serious. Um, So that's really, I suppose, the stigma that G-Pump is trying to break. Like the only movement I have done for two years is G-Pump. And then I get questions from people on Instagram like, hey, I was wondering what kind of weights routine you do at the gym. Hey, babe, no weights routine, just G-pump. Like <laughs> literally just G-pump, just squat. You know, put on some ES fit wrist bangles and ankle weights and do a workout with them. Like you were toning your whole body. And yeah. The more you do it, the more you're going to love it. And then the more you love it, the more you're going to do it. And then you're going to get the results. And then it kind of just, that's how you create this like beautiful habit, right? Yeah. Um, It's like this harmony, harmonious relationship with your fitness. And mm. I, I must say, I really love that you've brought this up because I think not only is it so critical to the discussion of fitness, but our lives in general, this idea that Amen. something needs to be hard for it to be effective and for you to kind of see results. And that goes, like you said before, for your job, for your relationship. You know, if it comes easy, it, must, it mustn't it must be good enough, mm. that kind of idea mm-hmm. I hate. And it's also something I've um, interestingly recently struggled with. I think the recent transition I've done from working a nine-to-five corporate similar, not something I completely was in love with, mm. to now being in a position where I'm trying to take my hobbies to, I guess, like my full time, because it was something I really enjoyed in doing. It was something I gave my time effortlessly to. Not that it feels easy. Obviously, there are difficult aspects of a business, but it is a lot easier than the job I was doing because I don't have to force myself to do it. And that inherent, I guess, drive to wake up and sit down and discipline myself to do it is so much easier because of the love I have for it. And so Mm. I think that's just a really interesting thing for everybody to reflect on. I think, you know, you don't have to do the hardest thing for it to be the most effective. Like that's not necessarily going to get you the results. And at the end of the day, if you're hating it for six weeks straight, like the toll that's going to take on you mentally is so immense that it's going to bleed through and impact all the other areas of your life. It's going to impact the way you show up to work because you're going to be grumpy and you've started your day doing something that you don't necessarily like or you know your relationships and the way you rock up. And that's, I suppose, how the balance theory looks at your life. It's a completely interconnected web of the areas of your life. It's not that you just focus on your health over here and your relationships over here. They're all interconnected. Mm. And for you to feel balanced, you really need to consider them all in a unified way and notice how you, I guess, and energy spills across them. But I just, I just wanted to bring that up as something for everybody to reflect on, because I think it's something very, very interesting, um, even within the context of relationships. But the other thing you said, that's kind of um, goes really hand in hand with this discussion as well Mm. is this idea of, I think when you do that, when you take a step back and you go, okay, well, what do I actually like? Not what what has, what has society told me that I need to do or, you know, being so laser focused on the result and having only very limited options as to how you're going to get there. When you take a step back and you go, okay, what makes me happy? How do I like to move my body? What gives me joy? When you start to ask yourself all these questions and, you know, you tap into that self-care and that self-love, the reason that 
like I was just saying, you kind of don't have to force yourself or discipline yourself as much to do it is because you're way more present in the moment mm. and in the process. Totally. And taking the taking the focus off the result makes you be able to enjoy the process. And the one mm-hmm. thing I want to say on this, like within the context of goal setting, the reality is that once you hit that result, you're likely to set another kind of destination or endpoint. And so it's your life then becomes or your fitness journey. When then is it becomes, ever going to be enough? Exactly. It becomes yeah. a string of you just chasing the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Whereas how beautiful to have something that, yep, yeah, you're still working towards goals. I'm absolutely not saying to not have goals, but I'm mm. saying that if you're present in the journey, then you're actually enjoying all the space in between, which is the majority of life. Like we get mm-hmm. so caught up in these destination points that you think, oh shit, like where did all that time go? Like, I don't even know how I got here. And and that really is life at the end of the day. It's enjoying those intricate moments. It's every day. It's how you feel. And this actually lends, leans really nicely into what I was going to ask you next, because I know mm. a lot of your content is sort of centered around being present. And so for you, because let's face it, like I hate when I hear people try and advocate for being happy or, um, you know, positive all the time because that's not the reality mm. of life and it's also no. not the reality of balance. And I think any formula or metric kind of telling you that that's how it should be um, is really, really misleading people. I think the strength lies in when we can give people tools or ideas on how they can bounce back from those moments or help them navigate those moments because they are inevitable. So I guess mm. my question for you, um, obviously everyone listening can hear that you, you're a big present for you, especially in your movement is something that's super important. And I think through the work you're doing, you're trying to also give that to other people, which is so beautiful. But my question to you, and this is kind of not necessarily limited to fitness, but you in your own life, when you don't feel like you're in the present moment, what do you kind of do to reground yourself or bring yourself back? And do you have any sort of tips for other people who feel like they've been in a very prolonged state of not being present? Mm. Very good question. And I think so timely in our society as a whole. Because what I find is interesting is that, you know, we've all literally, we've been in a global situation where we have been impacted by the same things and now you know we're you know um I suppose society and culture and the way that we're kind of moving forward is really starting to pick up pace and we're literally right back to where we were beforehand like what have we learned from this situation? Literally nothing. Now, if anything, we are like turbocharging ourselves more to make up for the last two years that we've been like, it's it's like we're implying that we ourselves have been asleep at the wheel for the past two years. It's like, no. And it's that concept, yeah, it's that concept of, well, we haven't really worked hard enough the last two years, yeah. so we need to pick our feet. It's like because you were surviving a global pandemic, hello, like it's we have lived through a once in a lifetime event and now a lot of us are wondering why we can't just pick ourselves up again and get straight back into it. So it's interesting. I find when I'm feeling super overwhelmed by everything, it can be really tempting to pick up my phone um, and either think about what work I could be doing to distract myself from the fact that I'm not being present, which is ironic because that's just a vicious cycle, or you just pick up your phone and you sit on social media and you just kind of scroll to to numb your brain. and Distract. Yeah, usually when I'm not present it's because I'm super distracted. I'm thinking about something else that you know, in hindsight, when you look back on it an hour later or a year later, yeah, that wasn't important. Why was I even worrying about that? Like, oh, get some context, Miles. Um, So I always find it's really helpful for me to be outside with no technology and it can simply look like walking around the block with my husband and my two dogs. Like that just allows me to remind myself that I am a human on this planet and that we are this small blip in the universe and, you know, I know we are all working really hard to be our best selves and to, you know, provide the best for our families and we're just constantly going and going and going but the irony is we're trying to create these amazing lives for ourselves so much so that we can't even be present in the amazingness of simply 
waking up every day and breathing. Like that is a miracle. And what I like to remind the pump squad about and myself, you know, when things are getting super overwhelming, I like to remind myself that the fact that I can put on a workout or listen to a playlist and move my body and bring myself joy is like a total privilege. You know, we are able-bodied. We have access to technology. I've got a roof over my head. Like I have this opportunity to find 30 minutes in my day to move my body and make me feel good. That is a privilege that we should be exercising and being present and recognizing how lucky we are every day to wake up in these incredible bodies um, is such a blessing. And that's how I come back to being present. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Like just yeah. reframing it, using the power of reframe and leaning yeah. into good vibes. And like you mentioned, Erica, I don't buy into the positive vibes only. Um, kind of catch cry because there's no such thing. Everyone is going to have challenges and ups and downs, but I'm a big believer of leaning into positive energy. So you are responsible for changing the energy in your world, in, in your room at whatever time it is. You have the power to change that energy. It's just whether or not you can reframe the situation that you're in to be a slightly more positive one, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I think the tool or, or the um, the arena of gratitude is such a, a nice way to do that. Like I'll have days where, you know, when, I don't know if anyone's experienced this, or mostly women maybe, when you have maybe like a bit of a hormonal shift and you just mm. wake up and you're just pissed off with everything. You just Anything know. could just, yeah. you just know you're having one of those days. And yeah. I could honestly, Watch out, like you. I could I could lean into that and just continue to, in, to be pissed off with life and mm. things. But what I um, have recently started to do is when I feel that coming on and I can feel myself starting to get a bit narky, I'll just put on like a 10-minute grounding meditation to just change my energy mm. or to just shift my focus and, like you said, reframe. And it's quite powerful what something like that can do. So I don't know if anyone's Absolutely. tried that, but it's something I would recommend if you have like a go-to meditation or I like I quite like the guided ones when I'm, you know, in that headspace to really pull me out. But mm. one thing I like, I like that you've answered this question with kind of what is the antithesis to you being present, which is like maybe you turning to work or scrolling on social media because a lot of the time we won't admit that us just diving in and burying ourselves further into work is a distraction from being mm. present. And we won't also acknowledge the cycle or the loop that that puts us on. I think it's, um, you know, it's it'll just loop around to a point where you continue to just feel inadequate because you haven't done enough and then you're not actually just taking a step back. And like you said, for you, it's a simple thing of going for a walk around the block or watching a sunset or it's the little mm. things like that. It doesn't have to be this grand you know, act of being present and change your whole life. It's something you could do yeah, in a minute. You don't, you don't have to take up meditation. If you want to take up meditation or meditation works for you, that's amazing. My husband meditates twice a day for the past four years and it's changed his life. I watch him do it every single day. I can't buy into it. It's just not for me. <laughs> but <laughs> I think um, to your point, it, it doesn't have to be this grand thing where you, you know, have to drive off to the ocean and stare out into the distance. Like it's just not practical, <laughs> you know. And not, um, and not everyone has the time either, yeah, let's be honest, to yeah. do something like that. It's just those quick, you know, maybe it's the guided meditation. Maybe it's the reframe of, you know, the situation that you're in and three deep breaths. But I do find that when I'm not being present, it's because I'm running at a really fast pace and I feel like maybe it's just me. Maybe there's other people that like to do this too. But when you're running super fast, you just don't want to slow down because it might force you to address 
why you're running so fast in the first place. Mm. As soon as you yeah. slow down, you're going to have to start looking at things a little bit closer. Um, and ignorance is bliss, right, in some situations. So it's easier just to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Air yeah. quotation marks. I, just put, I put that in air quotes. <laughs> no, I agree. And and it's so funny when you finally get to the moment where you maybe address what it is you're running from or you sit with yourself and you're like, hmm, I have these thoughts or hmm, I've got this issue or hey, I've got this, you know, limiting belief about myself. Then when you start to backtrack, you're like, okay, I can see that, you know, my addiction to social media or to I don't know. It's not always something negative. It, it could be, mm. you know, your addiction to, to running all the time or something like that could be a way to distract yourself. It's interesting when you get to that moment and, and kind of look back with hindsight how mm. you see things. Um, but I think it's just interesting that you brought up the, the work thing particularly. I think people can admit that maybe social media can be a bit of a distraction at times, but I think acknowledging that turning to work and feeling like you always need to do more and more with work is not something that we speak enough about. It's something I'm certainly mm. guilty of. Um, but something that absolutely takes you out of being present. And if you want to look at it really, really simply, because I, I really hate when things are too complicated as well. Mm. I like when things are simple. It's so much easier to just relate to. The, the mm. simplest way you can know if you're not present is if you think about the past or the future, that's it. You're not in the current moment. Yeah. And so have, okay. knowing what works for you, like you said, meditation doesn't work for you. Well, for me, it's um, journaling. I've tried mm. journaling um, I don't, I, I like to journal when I feel like journaling, but it's not something I can kind of pick up and do every day. And so I always say to the balancers, it's not about having the tools. It's about having a toolkit of things that you enjoy, mm. of things that fill your cup, of things that you like, because on different days, you're going to need different things. Maybe some days you just need something quick and easy. Other days you need, you might have an hour of time and you want to you know, go into a one hour Joe Dispenza meditation. Or I don't know, like, you know, mm. you kind of have your different things that you really enjoy. And as time goes on, you change that toolkit based on your values and your interests and things like that. Because if you just have the one tool, you're also putting so much pressure on that tool and so much pressure on yourself that that is going to be the thing that... To you know, work, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when it doesn't, then, you know, you'll get frustrated with yourself and then it kind of spirals off again. So... Mm, um, absolutely. The other way I kind I was going to say, I really like watching Disney movies. That for me, me is like my ultimate... Like I'm a child. going to zen. <laughs> yes, I'm going to zen and I'm going to watch a Disney movie and I'm going to feel safe and calm. But I was going to say it's probably that's not necessarily being present. That's just being maybe present in self-care. That is my, yes. that is my self-care. That's a self-care. <laughs> there might be a self-care tool. On this note, what's your favourite Disney movie? <laughs> Whew, um, okay. Oh, okay. So I would say OG Disney Beauty and the Beast. It's got to be yep. up there. What Bang about up. yours, OG? Oh, I, I'm torn between Hercules and Little Mermaid. Oh, okay, good choices. But then I would say recently the best Disney film I've ever seen is Soul, S-O-U-L. Beautiful. With Jamie That's a beautiful Fox. movie. Oh, I bawled my eyes out. That, if, if you haven't seen that movie, Balance Theory, guys, listeners balances if you haven't seen that movie that is a tool that you can put in your toolkit because nothing is going to make you reframe the miracle of life and how incredible it is that you wake up on this earth every single day like that film like it was just it was pure gold I yeah recommended it to a friend at work but started crying whilst I was telling him about it and he was like Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. That's so good. Yeah, it's a great, great movie. I would definitely mm. recommend that one. And I don't know if this is Disney or Pixar, but Inside Out, hands down, is like up there as one of my favourite kid movies in terms of teaching you how your core memories and your thoughts mm. work. It's beautiful. And emotions. It's just I've, I've talked about it so many times. I think I should contact them for some for some royalties or something. But I don't know. I'm joking. I'm <laughs> yeah, commission say such payments, a huge, yeah. <laughs> I'm such a huge fan of that movie. Um, I'll be shoving that one down my kids' throats. They learn okay, about sadness I'll put it on and the happiness. List. Oh, yeah. you have to watch it. It's beautiful. Okay. But actually, on the topic of um, self-care and self-love, mm. what does that mean to you? And I love asking people this question because it's something – they always answer really differently and, like I said, mm. helps our balances build out their toolkit and their understanding of what it means for them. So I'd love to hear, I guess, your thoughts on that. 
Mm. So I think um, good point that you made, Erica, because self-care does look really different to a lot of people. Like I'm sure there are some people that like lighting a candle and taking a bath, like I don't like baths, I turn into a prune. But my self-care, aside from watching Disney films, is I would say I practice self-care every single day through the way that I speak to myself. Because if you can't speak to yourself with kindness every day, then how are you caring for yourself every day? Again, I feel like self-care has been made out to be this grand gesture to yourself. You need to book a $140 facial or you need to go and have a three-hour, you know, all immersive body wrap scrub thing. They all sound amazing. And if I could, I would. But realistically, I want to be practicing self-care every day. Um, And it's interesting. I did a uh, G-Pump event recently. I was looking back on the footage and I had a thought and it went through my mind and it doesn't happen often because I really practice good self-talk and self-care in that manner. But I saw myself doing a particular move in my high-cut leotard and I just thought, I am way too old and just, oh, to be doing that in that outfit. And as soon as I said it to myself, I caught myself and I just thought, that's not a very nice thing to say about yourself, Marlo. And then I was like, yeah, you're right. Screw it. You had a really good time doing that. And everyone else thought that you looked really great. So like there's nothing to kind of tear yourself apart here on. And for me, I consider that self-care. So looking after myself with the thoughts that I let myself listen to, which again is probably not the, oh, go to this um, best day spa in Brisbane. (laughs) Sorry, I don't have any recommendations. But um, (laughs) I would say in the physical form, my self-care is doing something for myself every day. So whether or not that's definitely kind self-talk, It's spending time with people that I love. So spending time with my husband and my dogs in the morning and getting a coffee from my favorite coffee shop here in Brisbane and walking along the river. It's like it ticks all of these boxes in in one go and that is my self-care every morning. And if I don't do it, I feel like I have Something's missing. Yeah, I it, and yeah. it sounds so simple and a lot of people might be listening to this thinking, oh, well, I go for coffee with my husband like all the time, like it's not a big deal. And I go, okay, that's cool. Maybe your husband's like boring to talk to or something. <laughs> but I would say like take those opportunities when you go and pay for an overpriced, ridiculously expensive coffee because the cost of everything is going up um, and really like see that as a moment for yourself. I really use it as a moment for myself because I go, these are all the things that I love. Like Mm, I'm outdoors, I'm starting the day with the sunrise, I'm with people that I love, I'm drinking a coffee that I love, I'm feeling good about myself. This is the ultimate form of self-care because if you can do that for yourself every day, then everything above and beyond that is just a bonus, right? Absolutely. And I love that you've actually framed it in this way of um, daily self-care, because I think sometimes we run to self-care as something we should do when, you know, shit hits the fan or we've mm. had a really bad week and things Wait are tragic. You burn kind out. Of at that, yeah. When you're at that rock bottom, you're like, okay, great. Now what can I do to fix it? Whereas you can reframe self-care and actually use it as something that you do on the daily for yourself so that you don't have to wait for those dips in life. Mm. And it's so funny you said the coffee thing. Side note, I'm so jealous right now because finding oh, good coffee, a nice like latte or something like that mm. in, in Europe is um, not the easiest thing. But for me, that one of the things. a cup of foam, right? Oh, <laughs> but for me in Sydney, like the one thing I used to love doing and still love doing when I find a good coffee is that first sip for me is mm. like I'm just present. It just anchors me straight away. It's just like 
it's like a hug from the inside out. That sort of feels Absolutely. like for me. We are and vibing so right now. <laughs> <laughs> my my fiance, he um, we went out because he's kind of off coffee at the moment, but he, he mm-hmm. likes to just have a just sip here wrong with him. Okay, yeah. Anyway, so I had a sip. I uh, had a I ordered one the other day, and he takes the first sip. And I was just, I just looked at him and I'm like, how could you do from that you? To me? Yeah, and I explained it to him. And now every mm-hmm. time I get a coffee, he's like, babe, you have your first seat. You let me know when it's safe to go yeah, in. You relish in that, babe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when there's I'm like, like a few sips left to go, you're like, here you go, babe. He's like, yeah. oh, thank you. But like now oh. I've, I've explained to him, I'm like, look, just don't get in between me and my coffee. It's just yeah. that one thing that anchors me mm-hmm. that I'm happy to share like towards the end. But I agree. It's just like those momentary things. And I think just the nicest thing you said there was, you know, I, I, I must say, firstly, learning to speak nicely to yourself is something you have to be extremely vigilant at mm. and continuously work on. Because um, like you said, like, even though now you've been working on it for so long, you still get those thoughts, but it's like how you navigate them now is completely different. And I think mm. that is so powerful. And if you, you know, can't even speak nicely to yourself, then it's big ask for the rest of the world to treat you with the same the same level and it's kind of like actually it's funny when you start to change how you speak to yourself it's like you see that reflected from the people around you too it's like that whole change of vibe and that's what you project out if you love yourself if you truly love yourself it shines outwards Mm. and that people say you're radiating yeah Yeah, like that that. energy really attracts people the the last small little self-care thing I will say because I'm a huge advocate for mental health support and taking care of your care of your mental health is that I speak to a psychologist and I thought of it when you mentioned Erica a lot of people wait until they crash and burn and then they go okay I'll book in a massage and that'll fix all of my problems like it'll be nice for the hour babe but it's not going to fix all your problems um sometimes I am the victim of not having a scheduled um, call with my psychologist waiting until shit hits the fan and then being like, do you have a spare five minutes to talk me through all my problems? But I have been speaking to my psychologist, Alice, regularly for the last two years and it is by far the best self-care investment. Forget the manicure. A call with a psychologist once a month, once every six months, however often is comfortable for you, once every week. It, it like no judgment. That is going to pay you more dividends than anything that you can, you know, buy an appointment for. Effectively, I speak to Alice um, through telehealth. I got a mental health plan through my GP. I don't pay a cent assent guys I don't pay anything to speak to a psychologist I feel like there is a common misconception that is a very expensive exercise and yes some psychologists do charge but just ask your GP reach out to them um, because again we've just you know survived a two-year three-year global pandemic like we have a lot of shit on our plates at the moment and it is totally normal to not have all the tools in the toolkit to be able to effectively work through them all and, you know, unpack them and really understand what's going on inside. But as soon as you find the time for self-care and understanding yourself better, that's when your world will really start to change. just needed to add that. No, I need to totally back you on that. I've also uh, the last two years done like, you know, a bit of a program, let's say, with a therapist and um, she wasn't on telehealth, but I can say it was the best investment I've ever made and I do agree that at times it is a misconception of money. Um, And also I want to add, I think if some people, if anyone listening has tried to see a therapist and maybe they didn't vibe with that person, they just get turned off it completely. And yeah, so I don't would give say up, guys. don't give up because there's definitely like when you find that person that you just vibe with and that you feel oh. open with and that you trust. And I, I feel so grateful to have found Chantel who I've had on the podcast and she's incredible. Um, I can honestly say that that taking the time because really like people think, well, I don't, I'm not messed up I don't have issues Mm. you know I think that's the I don't need to see or speak to someone I think it's a very old school mentality I think it's like the question now is well do you care enough about yourself or your self-growth journey to actually invest time to learn about 
how your brain works, to learn about how your emotions work, to actually unpack things that you maybe cannot do on your own and you just need somebody mm-hmm. as a soundboard. And that doesn't mean you need to have, I mean, obviously some people have great traumas in their life or, or different events that they need to really unpack, but you don't need to wait or have those things to mm-hmm. get the benefit from doing therapy or, or yeah. having a psychologist on board. So I would also add in that that is uh, you know, a non-negotiable for me. And now I've kind of gotten to a point where I, I space them out, but I still check in yeah. um, because I don't want to get to that point where, you know, I'm burnt out or I'm in a hole that I need someone to like completely anchor me out. I want to be learning and, and being in touch with myself on a regular mm-hmm. basis so that I can maintain my balance or at least try yeah. to, you know, yeah. this whole podcast is just to, yeah. it's just to try and you know, give people the tools to come back to balance or to understand what the balance is in that moment, in that day, in that year, in that period of their life, because it's always changing. And so mm. you're never going to always have it. You're always going to have your ups and downs, but it's how do you reground yourself? Um, Absolutely. And so I feel like, Marla, I'm really glad that I've had you on the show today because firstly, I feel like you and I just are really on the same wavelength. And yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's been a little while coming that we probably should have sat down and had a chat. But I think a lot of the things that you've shared with people and the thing I really love about the tips you've given today is this stuff isn't complicated and it doesn't need to be hard and loving yourself and growing as a human and having things you like in your life is something that you're entitled to and you can have. You know, it's not something you should deprive yourself of. of. It's not out of reach. Don't Um, wait for someone else to get it for you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I really just appreciate your time and uh, want to thank you for coming on the show. And for if anyone wants to, I guess, connect with you or follow your journey, where's the best place they can do so? And I'll pop some links in the show notes. Of course. Thank you so much, Erica. Um, so if you want to follow my behind the scenes day to day, what I get up to joyful vibes life, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok and LinkedIn which I'm trying to get into recently at at Marlo Walker Grover. And if you want to follow all of the good vibes uh, on the beaches of Australia, then you can join the pump squad at g.pump underscore fit on Instagram and you can get access to a free workout. You can find me on YouTube as well, actually. There are a few workouts on YouTube. So again, joyful movement, you can access it for free. You don't even, you know, if $29 a month isn't available to you, it's free. Like you just put it out to the universe, but make sure that you're putting yourself first because that is always going to pay dividends. Beautiful. Well, I'll pop links to all of that below. Thank you again. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what's ahead for you and the G-Pump squad. Thank you so much, Erica. Bye, balances.